Hakaras Hatov, start at the second Vad, page Reish Pei. Ready? Vad Sheni. You know, these Vadim, I actually, uh, I was actually going back to, you know, Gateway of Happiness, which is like total classic. I happen to like it from Zelig Pliston. It has also like a lot of interesting exercises. I was looking to see Chesmusser, but um, just sort of keep it streamlined and go according to the Vadim. There's enough to, to chew on. Hakar Satova is such a, such a broad topic. Mm-hmm. So we discussed this last week. Uh, it's what the beginning of Chovas Halavavis is built on also. Hakaras Hatov at its, you know, stripped down, you know, core is it's it's a mida that the a rational person is obligated just it makes sense. They say I think I, I I didn't look it up, but I think it says that one of the mitzvahs that even the Goyim would keep is uh, is kibud of aim because it's something that's rational. It's something that makes sense to the point that it says that Esav kept uh, kibud of aim even better. Right, that we could learn how to keep kibud. Dov Menasina also was a guy kept uh, kept kibud of aim. Now, interestingly. The if a person is doing a mitzvah because it makes sense to them, then it's not necessarily his batlas or avoda. So the fact that the outward that the chitzonius of a certain mitzvah is kept better by a guy who might actually be incredibly committed to it and doing it because it's rational to them doesn't mean that it's a higher form of avoda than somebody who's doing it betiras his batlas because they're doing it for a kaddish baruch Hu, even if they're not necessarily doing it outwardly as well. How, having said that, though, you, you know, some of these Maimare Chazal that talk about it, it shows that there are certain things, understanding obligations, indebtedness, you know, and the response, it's a rational thing to do. So why is it that so many people we want to get out of this? If it's something that makes sense, why are we running away from it? Why are we trying to get out of Hakar Satov? which we'll explore in a second. Why is it that being kafoy tov literally means to cover up the good? But why is it that ignoring, that not having a karasatov is a mida that's even coming all the way from Adam Arishon? Why is this so uh, embedded in us? Rashi Mechazal is talking about by the Tower of Bavel. It says, Sons of man. Instead of what? Instead of a son of a donkey? I mean, like, what is it? It's a drush. What is B'nai Adam? When, uh, when uh, Adam Rishon is questioned about the chait, he says, Isha imadi. He's not blaming the Isha, really. He's blaming who gave him the Isha. This is the woman that you gave me. Right? So he's looking, he's looking towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him a, gave him a wife. Right, Havdel, a person, uh, a kid gets a new car. The car could be used for good. The person could crash the car. So all of a sudden, the person says, "Why did you drive the car recklessly? Why did you give me a fast car?" Well, wait a second, you you misused it. But over here, we see that what was uh, what was Adam's response? I'm not saying it. The, the text is saying it, right? But, well, why? And he's coming off Chazal. What 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 was Adam Arishon's response? It was to be kafli tov. The immediate response, not necessarily to dump into tshuva, not to account. Ability. This is this is the wife that you gave me. 
Taiva Malta Minamabul, also the people by the Tower of Babel were Kafri Tov, and they rebelled against the one who had given them so much good. So over there we're talking in the context of being Kafoy Tov Toa Kadosh Baruch Hu, but we are dealing primarily with being Hakar Satov Kafoy Tov towards B'nai Adam. It's interesting because on one hand you would say that the obligation is much much greater to be to have Hakar Satov towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, not to be Kafoy Tov. In a certain way that's true. On the other hand. Uh, a person really needs to work on the sensitivity of their nefesh and, you know, to be able to develop a relationship, or cultivate a relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, a thinking person could do it, and uh, certainly a spiritual thinking person can do it. But as far as the interface, as far as the everyday dynamic, just in terms of the most base level Hakar Satov, it comes up in the everyday interactions between people and each other, between people and their parents, between people uh, and, you know, anybody in a position to give them. So if we're looking towards the Midavah Karzatov, the first place it comes up is with people. So there are two reasons There are two reasons why people that we're going to address initially, there are two reasons why people do not have a Karzatov. Ahasi number one. Muskal Rishon, it's axiomatic, Ba'adam she'akol muvan me'elav ba'olam, that everything is basically coming to him va'kol magilo entitlement. You know, the, the Gemara says Sony Matanas One of the things it doesn't mean is never take anything from anybody. Uh, we'll we'll see actually that if you really want to do a chesed, let the person who you're giving a chesed do you a favor so that they don't feel indebted. Right. In other words, that's actually a bigger act of giving is to not make a person feel indebted for the rest of their life. Sometimes some people at the at the extreme won't even let the person say thank you. But at the very least, let them, you know, the, 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 you did them a huge favor, let them buy you a candy platter. Why not? Let them, you know, not feel that burden. But over here, it's axiomatic that people feel that they're entitled. So that's not what Sony Matano doesn't mean never take anything. Sometimes the appropriate thing is to take. What's the opposite? What does it mean, Sony Matano Yeah, A person shouldn't feel entitled. A person shouldn't feel like something is coming to them, that they're, that they're looking for gifts. A person should, a person should want to be accountable and should want to be a mensch. And yet, people feel like everything is coming to them. A person is born without das, and then we become healthy. Where did that health come from? We're growing up. At every step of the way, at every step of the way, you know, th- this is one of the, I was looking, I told you I was looking through Rizalik Pliskin Safer, Gateway to Happiness, and some of the exercises really were along these lines. In other words, a person should literally close their eyes and in their imagination think, let's say they heard that they were dying or something, and today is the last day of life, right? They take nothing for granted. This is the end. Then all of a sudden, open their mind, and boom, they have their life ahead of them. You know, a person should close their eyes and believe that, that you know, they, they their relationships were lost. You know, to say that, you know, somebody was dying, in their, and then all of a sudden, they wake up, and or they, they weren't married, they're, they're married, they have children, whatever situation they have in life. 
Yeah, so over here, what happens is because we're just going through life from start to finish, we get up, we, we or we're growing up in our parents' house, and we assume that there are parents, they're supposed to take care of us, they're supposed to provide for us, and just as we're going down this path, little by little, at every stage of life, we just sort of grow into this idea that everything is coming to us. We have a, we're just totally self-centered. Everything exists to serve us. You know why people don't have Hakar Satov? Because we think like this. You know what Hakar Satov is? Hakar Satov is the reaction that I give you when I received something that was not otherwise due to me. Otherwise, yeah, it's nice that I say thank you, I acknowledge you, but the truth is, at its core, if you if something is done to me that's coming to me, you know, you didn't give me you you, you passed me my shoes. I don't know whatever it, you you gave me something that I owned. So you know, I might sort of acknowledge, but I don't really feel Hakar Satov for something that you did that's totally. That was totally coming to me. You didn't do anything for me. So if a person believes, if a person's of the mindset that everything is coming to them, they don't have a kara satov. The Gemara in Brachas uh, says, I was just recently reading Victor Miller's Sefer on Tefillah. He talks about the idea of how much difficult it is to, you know, get out of something than it is to maintain. He says, you know, if let's say for argument's sake, uh, you know, in order, if a person's healthy, so you need tefillah on a level 4 out of 10 to stay healthy. But if a person is sick, you need tefillah like a level, on a level like 9 out of 10 to get better. Put in, put in the investment when you need less tefillah to stay healthy. Why should a person wait until they get sick, right? It's like the story. We've told the story before. I think it was with Chaim Knievsky, but it might have been, it might have been somebody else, you know, the way it was told. Um, I've definitely said it here before. Um, the way I heard it is that somebody had a girl after, you know, had a daughter after, you know, 10 years, whatever it was, 11, 12 years, and he was, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, the person had a girl and he didn't have a lot of money, so he went to Chaim Kinevsky, whoever it was, to ask if he had to make a kiddush, a bris, a bris, but he, he didn't want to make a kiddush. So the response was, if you would have had to wait 10 years to have a child, would you make a, would you make a kiddush? If it was a girl, he said, yeah, I'd make a huge kiddush. So he says, you're trying to tell Hashem that because he didn't make you wait for 10 years to have the child, then you're less appreciative? You, if, if you'd have to wait for 10 years and you had a child, you'd make a huge kiddush. Now you had a child right away, and now you're inclined, like, listen, you don't have money, you don't want to have to, you don't want to have to make a kiddush, why are you trying to get out of it? Why do you have less hakar satov? Because it came to you easier. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because we, because we view that it was coming to us. Once it's coming to you, once that's just sort of like the norm, so then we don't really have hakar satov. So that's really at the root of the mindset. Where are we holding? Is everything coming to us? Do we deserve it? We deserve everything? This is very difficult. This is very challenging to wean ourselves from this uh, axiom, from this from from this way of looking at things. You don't deserve a thing, and that's true, right? In other words, your eyes were given to you, so. You, a person, you, you want to meddle for not, for you know, for for not being ever in Shmir Sanayim. I mean, how, how, imagine if every time somebody misused some asset, some you know, some kayak that they had, Hakadosh Baruch Hu would stop supplying it. Everything that we have is not is is a chesed of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? Hakadosh Baruch Hu is giving it to us. 
we're obligated to use it for avodas Hashem. That's why we, I mean, think, even just starting at life, nobody could possibly deserve life because they didn't do anything in order to deserve life. They, they were gifted life. Now they have to show that they're going to bring me kayach and use their potential, they're going to actualize potential to show that their life is justified. There's nothing that you do that makes it that like, oh, you want to pat on the back, you did a couple of mitzvahs today. Even if you would use your entire life only for avodas Hashem, so then you would just be using the life that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives you a lot of pleasure along the way also. So what, you made a bracho with a lot of kavana so that you could eat delicious food? Like, w- w- what's coming to you that, that, you know, nothing. Everything is a chesed from Hashem. Everything is type from Hashem. And if along the way you do a few mitzvahs and tefillah, that's very nice. The avodah of akaras atov is to recognize that you're not entitled to anything. No, God doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. It doesn't matter whether somebody's a person. It doesn't matter whether it's Hashem. Nobody owes you anything. Whatever you receive in life is a gift. Now he's saying that even life itself, the truth is to me, life itself is the starting point because everything else you could say I did something to deserve it. I invested in this relationship. Life itself you can't say that you deserve because you were given life itself before you did anything to deserve it. So he's framing it a little bit the other way, the most basic thing is life, but we, we go to sleep, we say moda'ani in the morning. Do we really view it that our, that our, our neshama was a pikadon by Hashem and Hashem, the status quo was not to give it back and all of a sudden, if HaKadosh Baruch would really tally up our mitzvahs and averis, who says that on any given day we would wake up and yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us back the pikadon that we gave him, it's a gift. It's enough that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me life and I have a little bit of discomfort. I should still be dancing in the street. Rashi, why should a person be complaining? It's a Kedushin. What is a person complaining that you got your life back? Imagine, God forbid, a person's in the, you know, in the hospital, a person's whatever it is. If a person literally thought that they weren't going to have their life back, everything else would go out the window and they would be thrilled. And that applies, that applies to everything. In other words, with all of the problems that we have that we're so upset, you know, let's say financial problems. Imagine a person would have $10 million in the bank, and God forbid they would be going blind. Rahman al-Litzlan, okay? And all of a sudden it would come out, it's not covered by insurance, whatever the reason is, it would come out that, you know what, somebody's able to do the operation, but it's going to cost $10 million. But they'll be able to see for the rest of their life. Normal, a normal person would say, "You know what? I'll figure it out. I'm willing to. I'm, I'm willing to give up everything I have." They would make a conscious decision, and if the surgery worked and they got their sight back, they would be thrilled. And yet, we get up every day. We say, "Pokeh Ivrim, We don't feel ten million dollars good that we have sight. Only if a person loses their sight, they're willing to to be ten million dollars happy if they get it back. Because it's something we already have. It's something that's coming to us. Nothing is coming to me. Everything we take out of the world, sorry, everything we get from our needs is really taiva v'chesed. You know, sometimes you see somebody in a very difficult, challenging situation, 
Uh, and, uh, you know, whether it's a physical situation, whether it's, you know, physical limitations, whether it's financial limitations, uh, you know, some people really like, you know, Nebuch, <coughs> they're just in different, and you help them out a little bit and you move on. But they they live in that situation, right? If all of a sudden they have a tremendous, you know, a, a, a tremendous uh, challenge that's holding them back, that's their life, right? That, 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 that's the life that they're living, so we don't have that limitation. If you look in Victor Miller's biography, so I think it shows that he had like a piece of paper wherever you would see somebody with like a crazy situation, you know, whether anything, anything, I remember seeing the list, anything from like a cleft lip to a person being in a wheelchair to a person missing a limb, an amputee, whatever it was, he would say, Baruch Hashem, how often does it, do I just appreciate that I have two feet? Right, at least besides for whatever chesed you could do for the person, but at least step number one, it's a, it's an opportunity to reflect on the fact that I, that, you know, the normal is not for me to have no challenges, but I, I should appreciate what I have. Nothing is coming to me. First of all, you would get along with people much better. You would have no, you wouldn't have hangups. You wouldn't have entitlements. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't be fatainted, right? Once nothing is coming to you, then most tainas become eliminated. Once we don't focus on this, it's hidden from us. The world is gray. So the way that he puts it. If everything is coming to me, imagine that a person that a person was unemployed and they needed a job and somebody gave them a job and they were just over they didn't deserve it you know they just gave them a job the person would be over the top they wouldn't just want to meet the minimum bar of the job with like tainas look the person's asking me for so much they would want to impress they would go over the top over here if everything is coming to me why are they asking me this I want to do the minimum amount to get by right and my whole life is just trudging through like that what is it that I have to do to meet that minimum bar and it becomes a very bland grayish world it's not a Exciting! I'm just trudging through everything. Everybody does something only to uh, to make profit. The doctor he's saving lives. He 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 starts working just for the fee. The teacher Everybody's just sort of this one feels like I don't get paid enough, and that one's not I'm not appreciated enough, and everybody on somebody else's cheshbin is saying if, if I'm entitled to it and I'm not getting it so that means that Yenem is, is, is not giving me, he owes me. Somebody else is not doing something that they should be giving to me. I'm calculating on your cheshbin, you're calculating on somebody else's cheshbin. Even if I would get everything, that's what I should be getting. I'm entitled to it. So the fact that I'm not, not 100% uh, you know, thrilled with everything in my life means that I'm, not, I, I'm lacking and tainas are created. Oilam dal dal v'yavesh. It's a poor, dry world. Achloi ba'oilam ba'ir on rotsam l'chayos, but achloi ba'oilam ba'ir on rotsam l'chayos. We don't want to live in a gray world. We want to live in a colorful world, a clear world. Oilam sheyesh ba'atav v'chesed chibav reyos. We want to live in a world with relationships, with appreciation. When a person can come off of entitlement. He could be mak- then already he could be makar tov, right? Hakaras tov. So we 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 started off and we said hakaras tov is such a rational, fundamental mitzvah. It's something that makes so much sense. What's reason number one why people don't have hakaras tov? Reason number one is a feeling of entitlement.
Okay, and we're going to continue the exercise from the last uh, from the last vad to be makatov three times a day, like we said at the, whatever it was at the end of the last uh, at the last vad to work on this thing in a practical uh, in a practical way to be able to try to express our karsatov three times a day and be able to articulate it. Now, what's the second reason? The second reason why people don't have a karsatov, the third vad. That we, we touched on this a few minutes ago. When you when somebody does something for you, you feel in debt to them. And if you're makatov, then you you basically are changing that power dynamic, and nobody wants to feel that way. So by not having a karasatov, by not acknowledging what they did for you, you basically preserve your even, even footing. Sometimes, not that infrequently, what you'll even do is have some sort of a taina on what they did so that you can stay even on top. I become obligated to, to, to strengthen my feeling of a karasatov and to, to express it. It's a form of submission to have to thank somebody. He gave me and I'm obligated to him. I owe him. A person resists. A person doesn't want to have any feeling of, of, of this submission, of owing. Young kids don't even want to have to say thank you. Constantly telling kids, say thank you. They don't even want to say it. They're not omate on this. You give a kid a candy, he snatches it and runs away. But it, you see that this is, it's interesting when he says this because, you know, you think that kids are just... Uh, no, irresponsible, not nice, they have no manners. The truth is it's something much deeper than that, and it's something that's built into the human condition, really. Not just to say thank you, creates a certain shibud, right? Right, I can tell you, you know, if you look around, Look around with uh, all of the fundraisers, right? If you fundraise, all of a sudden, you know, when everybody else gets honored at something, you're buying an obligation. You know, if you go and fundraise for a certain cause, $20,000, every single person that gave you within the next three to five years is going to get honored or collecting for something, and now you just bought yourself. When somebody does something and they send something your way, you, you now have a certain shibud on yourself, and people don't want to feel that shibud. And therefore, you know what the best way to get out of that shibut is? To convince yourself almost that the person didn't really do anything for you. Have it all the time. Somebody does something, well, I didn't really need it anyway. Well, I, I could have got it without them. Every day. You know, somebody goes out of their way for you. I appreciate it. If you didn't give it to me, somebody else would have given it to me. Zuik fias taiva. This is kafoi tov, but it's literally in gratitude. It's covering the good. Kilu kaf machasa ala tova lebaltira oid. Belash nacharis karm chazala kaifra betaiva denying the good. Vizek my kaifra bechol hava. This is like denying alone. Shevavada hu yodea shel loyve asakesef. Aval eno rotel shalim v'lechen omer shelo lava. 
he denies the loan because he doesn't want to pay it back. That's where the language comes from. There's a big line. Chew on this. You, if you really want to do a good for somebody, we mentioned this a second uh, 10 minutes ago, request that they do you a favor. Right? If you're going to have guests, sometimes let them set the table. The the um I, I, I think I think it's based on a chazal. I don't we, we've definitely we've quoted here before, um, but I think it's it's even coming from chazal that if a person has a guest the first day, you know, like give them a tremendous meal. You can give them fanfare. Show them how glad you are to have them. The second day, a little bit less. By the third day, fourth day, if you're having a guest for like a week, a house guest, make them set the table and basically just go to the fridge themselves. The first day, you want to show them how glad you are to have them. By after a couple of days, it's just uncomfortable for them to be to, to be constantly treated like that. Let, let, let them be one of the family. That will be much more appreciated if you let them pitch in. Let them throw out the garbage. It's a, it's a bigger gift. Now, what are you going to say? But I just went out of my way. I went extra shopping for them. They do owe me. I want them to feel like I went out of my way. I want them to understand and appreciate how much I did for them. I should let them not feel indebted to me because they threw out the garbage. Well, then you didn't really want to do them a favor. Part of the favor is also not making them feel in debt. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to give you the opportunity, you should squeeze the oil, I'm going to give you the opportunity to illuminate. There was a person and a blind person walking together. The one who could see said to the blind man, So he said, I'll take you, I'll take the blind person around. So once they get where they're going, once they get where they're going, then the person tells the blind person to do him a favor to, to you know to be able to balance that out. In this muscle, the Pikeach is a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Asuma Eli Yisrael, HaKaddish Baruch Hu, Meir Lehem HaEnhigam, HaKaddish Baruch Hu lit up the way and led Klal Yisrael, Kevin Shabo, Lazos Mishkan, once they were able to build a Mishkan, Karol HaMaishev, Amr LaVyichu, Eidach Hashem, and Zayazach, please light it up for me. Now now you can light the Menorah. Amr Yisrael, Ki Ata Tar Neiri, Ve'ata Omer, Shinar Lefanecha, you lit everything up for me, now you need my little light for yourself. Amr Lehem, Bishvil, Lahalos Eschem, Shata'iru Li, Kishem the same way that I lit things up for you until now, I want to give you an opportunity to light it up for me. Interacted with Klal Yisrael to do a good Taiva for them. What was the Taiva that Kodesh Baruch Hu did for us? He showed us that we should have an Avoda. We should light the menorah. We should provide the light. Okay. I'm not talking about the Nertamid, I think it was one of the fires on this back. Maybe it's talking about the uh, the menorah. I'm not sure what he's talking about exactly. But the point is that uh, that the the ideal act of giving 
is people don't want to feel indebted, and therefore to balance that out as well. So one of the reasons that people are kafwe tov, we said before, was that they feel entitled to everything. So if everything is coming to me, then that doesn't generate a kars tov. It's coming to me. It, it, it would generate resentment if you didn't give it to me, but it doesn't generate a kars tov if, if you do give it to me. And second of all, second of all, that people don't want to feel in debt, and therefore, and therefore, actually, on the other side, if you're going to do something nice for somebody, you should balance that out by allowing them to do a little something for you. Most of the things that are done to us, we do feel like we owe uh, an obligation. And at, at the very least, we should not shy away from our obligation. When, when somebody does something for us, the response should not be to try to ignore it and figure out why we don't really owe anything, but just own up to it. We should articulate, we should understand, we should dwell, we should reflect on what was done for us. And we're still in the middle of the same exercises. The next one is small. Let's just do the last one. Vad Ravi. Kol asher hayachas bein bnei adam yoiser karayv. So now that we're talking about Akaras Atov, one of the very interesting things is that the closer relationship you have to somebody, for both reasons, by the way, um, number one, you feel, do feel entitled, whether it's your parents, your wife, whoever it is, your kids. And number two, you also, on the more so, don't want that dynamic where you feel in debt to them. The closer you are to a person, the harder it is to feel like Karas Atov. The more you go down this path, whether it's your wife, your husband, your kids, right, your, your co-worker, little by little, you literally just, the, the person is doing something for you over and over again. And you, you literally just fall into this dynamic where they, this is the norm. Anything less is something that you have a taina on, and there's no room for any appreciation, right? Very similar to the entitlement discussion, but all we're saying is that when there's this ongoing dynamic with somebody who you're very close with, it becomes all the more, all, all the harder. Talach zed, this ma'akras ha'yechsim, and yechasim, this, like, muddies the relationship. The truth is that this attitude, creating a constant, like, resentment, everything. You had a hard day, you know, my day was like, every, the, the, this, the relationship will actually be impacted by this attitude where everything is coming to you. And it causes negative effects on shalom bias. If you th- think about it, you know, especially at certain stages of life, both partners are 150% busy. So when you say, right, in other words, oh, so now let's say you had a harder day. So you were 110% busy and I was 190% busy. Everyone's at capacity. But when people, when people just think that everything is coming to them, then it destroys the relationship. And the truth is, is that everything is a constant chesed. There is a division of labor, so yes, I'm, I do my job, role, you, you do your role, you know, but the, the truth is, is that every, it's, a constant, it's a constant chesed. I mean, if you think about it, right, you, let's say your wife makes you dinner. If I make you dinner, you'd be over the top with gratitude, right? Your wife makes you dinner, you barely mumble thanks. Why? Because she does a few every day? Oh, why? Because you married her? Like, what does she do to you that she, all of a sudden, well, that she's just like, you know, the ever, and vice versa also, you know? I'm not saying that I am any better at this, but like, if you think about how many hours, let's say, a husband works or somebody's doing something, right? Very little of your money is going to yourself. 
right? The reason, you know, they have to support a family is because you have to support. How often does anybody ever say thank you to somebody for work, for going to work? I'm not saying that sometimes work is not interesting depending what you do. You know, maybe if you're a Rebbe, you enjoy what you do. You're a teacher. But, but if, you, if you have a regular job, I'm sure people, many people would be very happy to work part-time and go do their own thing. But it's part of life. It is part of life. It's part of your vote. It's part of your ksuba. It's part of your chiyav. Does anybody ever say thank you for somebody for going to work? No. Maybe like in a bar mitzvah, you know, in a speech. I'd like to thank my Yishas Chayil who does everything. You know, but like... <clears throat> the man works to bring parnasa. And if he's learning, the truth is he's infusing the house with ruchnius. Now, granted, he's also learning maybe because he enjoys it, but that's not your cheshben. The bottom line is that how much would you pay, you know, and you see it right and left. You know, if somebody comes and tutors your kid and you're paying the person and they do a good job, you're thanking him, right? The husband or the wife sits there and does homework with the kid, tainas, right? Or it's like, oh, you have to do it. Again, you do have to do it. It might be part of your obligation, but why why does that change the dynamic? If, If there's a worth to it, the woman is busy raising children. And if she's working, especially, you know, talk about a two-household income and so forth. If the wife is working on top of it, all of a sudden she's wearing two hats. Not only does she, you know, in most cases take on the primary, uh, you know, homemaker role, but she's also working. Right, I, th- I think I mentioned to you the other day. It's why the ksuba is written. I heard it. That no, wasn't my joke. It's why the ksuba is written in Aramaic. So nobody understands it. The obligation that a man has contractually is that the, he is the one who needs to support the house. People forget this sometimes, but this is the man's obligation. So if she's doing it, if she's also doing it, that's over the top. It's contributing. This might not be politically correct, but that that, that is the contractual relationship uh, in the marriage. If the woman wants to work so that the husband has more time to learn, this is not what we get so used to a system. The reality is that because of the appreciation for Torah, the woman is going above and beyond and she is assuming the role of the husband in supporting the household so that the husband can learn because it's important to her. She recognizes to have the husband learning, at least for the you know maybe the first several years of marriage. She is going above and beyond. It's not like the husband is going to have the children. I'm saying like he's not. It's not like they're switching roles, right? Yesh al shnei b'nei zugladas ki ava v'yashalom b'bayisam tliim zebazeh. So the, uh, a person we have to realize that the relationship and the shalom bayis they go together. Shakol echad mehem loy nila milahak. I think I just mentioned he's Ravaron Lopiansky and Rabbi Elephant had like a question and answer session that I recently saw. It's I'm sure it's online. And uh, one of the questions, the way that I remember it, one of the questions was about you know at what point it's time if person's in kailo for the wife to go to work, uh, for the for the husband to go to work. And like the beginning of the answer was just to set the ground, you know, just to set the bar of what we're answering from. The obligation is for the husband to work. At this point, the, there is a unbalanced situation because of the the, the chashivas so that the wife should work for now. 
So now what you're really asking is, you know, has has the, you know, ace lassos changed that we're going to basically go back to the way what really it should be and, you know, that people are going to fulfill the obligations that they're really set up to do. Now, the question is, is given family circumstances and given the status quo, is there a reason, you know, what are the considerations why you might want to change it? But people just have this, you know, or can develop. And I'm just, just because he's using that example, I'm using that example. People can develop this attitude of entitlement and this especially among people who they're close with and family members in any realm. So he says that this idea of appreciation and shalom bias and ava go together. Also, sometimes it's very difficult with people who you're close with to art. I mean, you can say thank you, but to really articulate over the top appreciation. I mean, you see sometimes the way people talk to their mailman is like over the top. If like you know they help carry the packages in, and meanwhile, like somebody you know spends four hours doing something at home, and like you know the the thank you is less. They said, "Where Sarah to endear her to her husband?" Was the Gedile Oilam is one of the Avais, and he was already at an advanced age, and Sarah was an advanced age, and there was still a purpose that the Malachim came and they wanted to endear Sarah to Avram Avinu. So he should be makarit. If this idea of endearment and recognition exists and it needs to be cultivated even by the G'dayle G'daylem, even at an advanced age, it's enough for anybody who's involved in a relationship with this. Ha'ara Shkayech.